Coming up on The Overcoming Life with Jimmy Evans. Now, I said that a woman would never treat me like that. A man would never treat me like that. I would never be poor again, blah, blah, blah. I renounce it. And Lord, now I make you the Lord of my relationships. I make you the Lord of my finances. I make you the Lord of blank. I bring this because I have been God of this area. Because of my inner vow, I have been the Lord of this area. Lord, I renounce this vow and my ability to run my own life. And now I bring this area back to you. Baggage refers to things in our past that are negative that we bring with us into the marriage that affect the marriage in a bad way. And so optimally, we want to get married without baggage. But for many of us, we got married with baggage. And so with Karen and I, I mean, we, we got married and we had tons of baggage, especially Karen. She had a lot of baggage. <laughs> I had a little bitty bag. Karen, a big old bag. No, not really. So we both had huge amounts of baggage from our past. If you're single, if you're divorced, if you're not married yet, I want to have some good news for you. You can get married without baggage. You, the, these things that we're going to talk about today, they don't take a long time to deal with, but undealt with, these are the things that really ruin a marriage. We're set up from the very beginning for problems because we brought the problems in with us. We brought the problems in from our past. So we're gonna talk about three issues in this message today that are considered kind of the biggest baggage issues. Iniquities, inner vows, and unforgiveness. The word iniquity in the Hebrew language is the word avon, A-V-O-N, and it means to bend or twist. It's this word right here. Rather than being straight like a tree that grows up straight, it's a tree that's been blown by a prevailing wind. And literally, it becomes bent in that direction. So God says here, I will visit the iniquities upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So the word iniquity means a bent toward a sin or a negative behavior because of the exposure of your parents. In other words, when you're growing up and you're exposed to a certain type of behavior, there is the old saying, an acorn doesn't fall far from the tree. And that saying means you're gonna be like your parents. You're pretty much set up to be like your parents. And that's just simply true. Most of us are gonna be like our parents. Well, if our parents are righteous, godly people who you know, are disciples of Jesus and grew up in a Christian, godly way, that's great. They're gonna pass on to us those righteous tendencies and we're gonna be set up for success. But all of us have to admit we came out of an imperfect environment. And for some of us, it was a very imperfect environment. And so we were exposed to anger and abuse, verbal, sexual, physical, and chauvinism, and sexism, and pride, and rebellion, and immorality, and on and on and on. Uh, uh, all of us can sin with, on our own. We all have a sin nature. But an iniquity is a generationally entrenched sin. The video player is going while we're growing up and we're videoing and audio recording how do our parents resolve conflict? How does my father view women? How does my mother view men? How do they deal with money? What are their values in life? How do they think about God? How do they think about church? Are they legalists? Are they, you know, are they very ungodly? What, 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 how, do I, how do I 
record all these things growing up and then the default mechanism when I become an adult is I do what my parents did. And so when Karen and I got married, we were set up for failure uh, in our marriage with iniquities that were in our lives. Let me give you an example. My family were Welsh, but my mother's maiden name is Wells, W-E-L-L-S. And of course, Evans is a Welsh name. The number one name if you go to Wales is Evans, okay? So now Karen is Smith. Her maiden name was Smith. She's English. So um, I grew up in a stoic Welsh family and love my family, love my heritage, hate the way that we communicated. We, in our family, you know, emotions were not allowed. We didn't have any emotions in my family. We had them. You just couldn't talk about them. So when a conflict would arise or something bad would happen, we couldn't talk about it. There was never a time in my family where you walked up to a person and say, I'm feeling kind of angry right now. Could we talk? You didn't do that. The way you knew someone was mad at you in my family is they wouldn't look at you. And the madder they were, the longer time went by that they wouldn't look at you. It's the most dysfunctional method of communication on the planet. And that's what I would do to Karen. When I got mad at Karen, I'd give her the silent treatment for three or four days. I'd yell at her sometimes, but then I'd give her the silent treatment for three or four days. It was awful. Well, Karen's family, they're yellers. And uh, they, they, now they're, her parents are saved and they're over this now. But, but when I married Karen, her family, you know, like Italians, I love Italian people because they're so emotive. Yeah, there's an Italian right over there. You know them because they're yellers. They're, they're, you know, they're very emotive. So I love them because, you know, Italian people, they grab each other and kiss and cry and yell and all that stuff. It's fabulous. So with, with Karen's family, I would go into her home. They were yellers and mad. They just had anger issues. So I would go in there. Now, my family, there was never emotions in my family. Karen's family, I would go in. They'd be yelling, yeah, yeah, rah, rah. And then five minutes later, they're hugging and kissing. It's like, you folks are crazy. You got mental problems. Well, it was better than my family. You know, at least they got it out. Well, how do you break iniquities? You have to confess it, okay? So I was a chauvinist. I was prideful. Um, I was a, a, you know, terrible communicator, um, so on and so forth. So I had to confess it. It's not my parents' problem. It's my problem, okay? The second thing, I have to forgive my parents. You know, they may have handed me baggage, but somebody handed them worse baggage. In Karen's folks' case and in my folks' case, it's amazing how good of people they are with what was dealt to them. And so don't judge your parents because they also had someone that gave them the same baggage. So you have to forgive your parents. You can't be free without forgiveness. The number three thing, and this is so critical, so you say, Jimmy, I'm really bent in a particular area of, you know, how I see women, how I see men, how I treat people, whatever. You come to Jesus and say, Lord, this area of my life is bent because of what I was exposed to. I make you Lord of this area. And Lord, I'm asking you to disciple me. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. I'm asking you to disciple me in blank. And this is what happens. Every bent in my life when Karen and I got married is gone. Now listen to what Karen and I said. I want you to say this now. Here's, here's what Karen and I said. When we began to learn about iniquities, here's what we said. Karen and Jimmy Evans are the end of all of the Evans and Smith iniquities and we're not passing one of these on to our children. We're breaking every single one of them right now. And we tried our level best not to pass on. And it's never too late, even if your children are grown. It's never too late to break an iniquity. And the fourth part of breaking iniquities is to break it, to just verbally say, I break this. 
over me and my life and over all of my uh, family from this point forward, children, grandchildren. In the name of Jesus, I am the end of all iniquities, and with me begins a blessing on a thousand generations and righteousness to a thousand generations. Okay, so that's an iniquity. An inner vow is kind of the opposite of an iniquity. It's a self-directed promise made in response to pain or difficulty in life. But we don't make inner vows because we're evil. We make inner vows because we're hurting. Something is happening and I'm hurting. Uh, I'm in a very difficult place and I just simply make myself a promise because I'm not gonna come back here. What I'm saying is I'm not gonna come back here. Okay, so it's innocent, very deadly though. Um, I'll never be poor again. A lot of people say that, they grow up poor. Uh, no one will ever hurt me again. Again, we're being hurt and we comfort ourselves like that. I'm not gonna be vulnerable again. I was vulnerable and I got hurt, I'll never be vulnerable again. When I get older, I'm going to or not going to. Uh, spank my kids, go to church, make kids, make my kids work. You, you say, when I grow up, I'm gonna, and you fill in the blank. So I've never met a person that didn't make an inner vow or multiple inner vows. So this is something we just simply do. Well, what are the problem with inner vows? They're sin. Here's what Jesus said, Matthew 5. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no, no. For whatever is more than this, these, is from the evil one. Now, so listen to me. So you say, now wait a minute, Jimmy. So Jesus is saying, I can't say I swear to God. Then you shouldn't say that. Um, I swear by anything. Uh, you know, Jesus said, you don't go around swearing things. You perform your oaths to the Lord. If you have an oath to make, you say, Jesus, I really want to do this. Help me do this. Okay. Uh, inner vow is a promise that I make toward myself. Now listen, in any area of your life where you have an inner vow, Jesus is not the, area, the Lord of that area of your life. Why, why, why is it of the evil one? Because the devil wants to keep you away from the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It's evil. Okay, so I say to myself, I'll never be poor again. Jesus Christ is not the Lord of my finances. I am. Because I said I'll never be poor again, so now I'm, I'm taking care of that. I say, no one's ever gonna hurt me again. Jesus Christ is not the Lord of my relationships, period. In any area that I have an active inner vow working, Jesus is not the Lord of that area. All of us have pain and baggage from our past that we bring into marriage. But regardless of how unhealthy or broken your marriage may seem today, you can have an emotionally healthy marriage. Support the overcoming life with your best online gift of any amount, and we'll send you Jimmy Evans' full series, Emotionally Healthy Marriage, on CD or as an audio download. In this powerful series, Jimmy shares how to form healthy habits, how to cultivate unity and purpose, as well as practical, easy-to-follow disciplines to renew your marriage. Receive the audio series and the 21-Day Inner Healing Journey app for your gift of $55 or more. The 21-Day Inner Healing Journey will guide you through 21 daily plans, including personal application exercises. For your gift of $110 or more, you'll receive the full video series along with the 21-Day Inner Healing Journey app. 
the journey to having an emotionally healthy marriage begins now. In any area that you have an inner value, you're a little crazy. There's another way to say it. You think, you think you're a genius, but you're just a little bit crazy. Okay, so this is a, an example that I use. Um, I counseled a guy in marriage, and his wife had never been in the house. Now, when I say that, people have a hard time registering that. A friend of mine said, hey, would you talk to my buddy? He's having a hard time in his marriage. I said, sure. So I talked to his buddy, and so I, I'm having a conversation with this guy, and I realize a few minutes into the conversation, he keeps referring to his wife's apartment downtown. And I said, are y'all separated? He said, no, we're not separated. I said, well, no. So I know where you live, but where your wife lives downtown? Yeah, my wife lives downtown. I said, um, are y'all separated? No, no, that's where she lives. And I said, so you live, you live here and she lives downtown? Yeah, but you're not separated. No, she lives downtown. I don't want her in the house. I said, well, you're married. This is her house. No, it's not. This is my house, she lives downtown. Well, I knew there was a problem. You know, being the, <laughs> being the expert marriage counselor that I am, I knew there was a problem. Well, what was the problem? Well, I started talking to him in a little bit. I said, well, tell me about your mother and your father. He said, well, my mother is a controlling witch who emasculated my father every day of my life growing up. And when I was growing up, I said, no woman will ever do that to me. He was his mother. An inner vow earlier in his life said, no woman will ever emasculate me like that, like my mother has my father. Now he couldn't relate to women. That's what an inner vow does. An inner vow, an inner vow is kind of the opposite of iniquity. Uh, an iniquity says I'm just gonna go the same direction as my parents. In his father's case, it was to be passive. Okay, toward a controlling woman. In his case, he said, no woman will ever control me. So now he's in the opposite ditch. So this guy, he's, he's a smart guy, very successful guy. I'm sitting there talking to him. He's smirking at me the whole time I'm talking. He's a genius, you know. And I said, now it's wrong that you control your wife like this and it's wrong that you won't let her in the house. He looked at me, wouldn't listen to a word that I had to say because in any area that you have an inner vow, you're like this. You're protecting, I don't wanna go back there. To let her in the house means a woman would have the chance of controlling me, so you're trying to get me back to my mother. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to get you to back a place of sanity because you're crazy as a bed bug. <laughs> crazy. Can't get along with women. Can't have a woman in the house, okay? So, so the issue is he's his mother's soul twin. He doesn't even know it. See, here's what happens. Generation to generation, so there's a horse here. And we need someone to get on the horse and ride into victory, ride off into victory. And here's what iniquities inner vows are. An iniquity is your family's laying in this ditch. An inner vow causes you to overreact and now you're in this ditch, looking under the horse at your family saying, I'm better than you. Because at least I'm not in your ditch, but you're still in the ditch. And what God wants is for someone to break the iniquities and the inner vows so somebody can get on the horse and ride off in the future and not be insane. In any area where we have an inner vow, we're just a little bit crazy in that area. Sane everywhere else, but in that area. So unteachable, unapproachable. The other thing is they cause us to overreact, what I just said. So how do you break inner vows? You renounce it. I had no, I, I didn't make it because I was evil. I made it because I was hurting. 
but I had no right. According to Jesus, I, I must perform my oaths to the Lord. It would be wonderful when we're growing up and we're hurting that someone could pastor us through that pain and help us not to make those mistakes, but most of us didn't have that opportunity. And so most of us, in response to pain, family problems, personal problems, financial problems, marital problems, whatever it might have been, in response to pain, we made ourselves promises. We have to retrace our steps, go back to that point in time and say, I renounce that vow. I had no right to make it, and that's number one. Number two, I have to submit that area of my life to the Lord. I come back and say, now I said that a woman would never treat me like that, a man would never treat me like that, I would never be poor again, blah, blah, blah. I renounce it, and Lord, now I make you the Lord of my relationships. I make you the Lord of my finances. I make you the Lord of blank. I bring this, because I have been God of this area. Because of my inner vow, I have been the Lord of this area. Lord, I renounce this vow and my ability to run my own life. And now I bring this area back to you. Next is forgive anyone associated with it. We're going to talk about that more in just a minute. And lastly, we break the spiritual power of the vow. Number three is unforgiveness. Listen, listen to me. Unforgiveness is torment. Bitterness is a justice spirit that will not go forward until it gets what it wants. I won't go forward until I get justice. Let me tell you something, you don't want justice. Because if you want justice for others, you're gonna have to get justice for you. You don't want justice. You want mercy. Okay. Whenever we will not give mercy to others, what it means is it's mental torment, it's emotional torment, and it's physical torment. Many of the mental, emotional, and physical problems that people have simply is because they will not forgive. All kinds of physical problems are mental problems, emotional problems are traced back to the issue of unforgiveness. It's torment. And so let me say another way. You can't keep the devil off unforgiveness. Wherever there's bitterness or unforgiveness, the devil, it's demonic torment's gonna be there to a Christian. I'm not saying you're demon-possessed. I'm just saying you're gonna be oppressed. Ephesians 4, 26, 27, be angry. Don't sin, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to diabolos, the devil. Okay, that's the word diabolos, it means slanderer. So be angry, uh, be angry, there's nothing wrong with anger. Today's anger, yesterday's anger, there's a problem with it. Be angry, don't sin, don't go to bed on it. Or you'll give a foothold to diabolos. Listen to me, if you've gone to bed on anger, you've been counseled by the devil and you don't know it. See, what makes the devil so dangerous is stealth. In the Garden of Eden, he came in the form of a serpent. Serpents come and go, you don't know it, they're stealthy. So you go to bed on anger, the devil will come and he cannot wait to interpret your spouse to you. Motive, motive. You have a problem, you had a fight, you talk it out right now, everything's good, you kiss, you make up, you go to bed, you wake up, smile at each other, life goes on. You go to bed on that anger, the devil will sign a motive and he'll say she's evil. He's evil, and he'll put a label on him. Idiot, jerk, witch, moron, just like your mother, just like your father. Whatever label he needs, because as soon as we put a label on someone, it gives us permission to mistreat them and act unchristian toward them. Be angry, allow your emotions, don't sin, don't be unchristian. 
and deal with it right now. See, even if my spouse or another person won't say they're sorry, I can devil-proof my heart before I go to bed. And I can say, Lord Karen, so I've, I've tried to get the Lord offended at Karen before. I've, and I'm pretty articulate, you know. So I've gone to the Lord several times and just said, Lord, you really need to deal with this sister. And I've kind of tried to offend him toward Karen. And when I do that, the Lord always says the same thing. I love her perfectly. You'll never offend me toward her. Can I say something to you? If someone comes to you trying to offend you toward your spouse, it's never God. If you have a person in your life, listen to what I'm saying, I promise I'm telling you the truth, and I love you, and I've done this now, so I'm not above this. Listen to me, if there's a person in your life you've been holding grudges toward for a while, your spouse or anyone else, you're deceived about that person, and you don't know it. And you'll never see them the way God does until you forgive them and ask God to show them to you the way he sees them. God sees them much differently. The devil can't wait as diabolos to come and slander people to us so he can ruin every relationship in our lives. Well, let's, so we're gonna, we're gonna deal with the issue of iniquities, inner vows, and forgiveness here. Forgiveness, we have to repent of unforgiveness. It's a sin. We have to trust God with vengeance. Unforgiveness is unbelief. Uh, Romans 12 says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And when we forgive, we're just saying, God, I trust you to deal with these people. If we don't believe in God or don't have faith in God, we try to bring vengeance ourselves. And the most important thing that we do in forgiveness is we bless the person that we're mad at until the healing comes in our own life. A lot of people say, well, Jimmy, I've been trying to forgive that person, but the, I still feel hurt and, and bitter. Luke 6, 27 and 28, I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who spitefully use you. That's not trite spiritual advice, that's medicine. Whenever, it may be a person that's dead that you're angry at, it doesn't matter, your spouse is gonna get the worst of it. It doesn't matter if you're mad at the boss or mad at you know, whoever it is. Your family gets the, the venom. It ruins, it ruins the closest relationships to you. And so we have to get to a point of blessing our abusers, blessing our rejectors, blessing those who defrauded us, blessing those who mistreated us, and saying to them, God, I bless them. Well, what why do we have to bless them? Blessing forces forgiveness out of our heads to our hearts. Remember Jesus said, I'm gonna do this to you if you, from your heart, don't forgive your brother. How do I forgive from my heart? I bless them. It forces it out of our head into our hearts and that's where the medicine is. You say, well, I'm so bitter, I'm so hurt or whatever. You will not hate a person very long that you're blessing. The medicine is in the blessing. Whoever hurts you, how bad they hurt you, you bless them. Because you hurt Jesus real bad and he blessed you. So we're gonna give away grace because we need a lot of grace. Anybody need a lot of grace? Say amen. Well, I hope that you enjoyed the teaching today. The, this message the truths of this message transformed my life. When, when I got saved at 19 years old, I was a mess, goodness gracious. I mean, I was in bondage in every area of my life. And I didn't know about iniquities, and so I mean all the ones for my family. You know, I had iniquities, I had inner vows, and I had unforgiveness. And these are like invisible chains. You don't know they're there, but they're there. 
and they're controlling you and, and they're limiting your life in every relationship in your life. And so and, and iniquity means I have this tendency, this bent. And like I said in the teaching, just take responsibility for your own behavior. Forgive anyone associated with your iniquity, your, your family, your parents, your grandparents, whoever it might've been, forgive them. And then just take that bent and take it to Jesus and say, Lord, I submit this to you and teach me, disciple me in how to treat women, men, how to talk, how to view money, how to, how, how to do everything I'm doing. I bring it to you. And what happens is that bent becomes like this and you're not gonna pass it on to your children and grandchildren. And even if you've already made mistakes, your behavior, your example, will begin to change your family. And so Karen and I said, as I said in the teaching, when our children were little, we're the end of all iniquities in our families. And you know, we weren't perfect parents, but we raised good kids. And our kids are wonderful parents and they're both married and happy. And I'm saying iniquities inner vows. You know, if you were hurting at some point in your life, you probably made a promise to yourself. And what it means is Jesus is not Lord of that area. You need to renounce it. You need to say, Jesus, I renounce that inner vow and I forgive anyone associated with it and now I make you Lord of this area of my life and you just break the power of that inner vow and say this isn't gonna control me anymore, okay? And I forgive the mother of all issues as it relates to emotional health is I forgive everybody. I, I love this saying, forgiveness doesn't make them right, it just makes me free. And so when I forgive, it doesn't mean that the, the person is right. Vengeance is God's. You let, let God take care of all that. But it means I'm not going to let this poison inside of me because my family is going to get the worst of it. So I hope that this message today was an encouragement to you. I'll see you next time. Regardless of how unhealthy or broken your marriage may seem today, you can have an emotionally healthy marriage. Support The Overcoming Life with your best online gift of any amount, and we'll send you Jimmy Evans' five-part teaching on CD or as an audio download. Learn new habits and disciplines that will strengthen your marriage. Receive the five-part audio series and the 21-Day Inner Healing Journey app for your gift of $55 or more. The 21-Day Inner Healing Journey will guide you step-by-step -step through 21 daily plans, including personal application exercises, daily videos, and much more. For your gift of $110 or more, you'll receive the five-part video series on DVD or digital download, along with the 21-Day app. You can have a new marriage simply by changing the disciplines and traditions in your marriage so that you have and maintain a healthy marriage for the rest of your lives. Experience emotionally healthy marriage today. This year, the EXO Marriage Conference is coming to a city near you. The EXO Tour is a one-of-a-kind live marriage conference bringing couples together in venues across the country. The greatest marriages come from two people who just go through it together and come out on the other side and they win. Hear Jimmy Evans and many other remarkable speakers communicate on how to have a thriving, healthy marriage. Find an EXO Tour location near you and come together with other couples as we unite to strengthen families and start something new in your marriage. Even in the midst of something that you thought, I don't know if we're going to make it through this, when you come together and you lean on God together and you refuse to give up, He can do the miraculous 
Experience why so many couples call the EXO Tour an unforgettable investment for their marriage. We believe that your family has a bright future. For more information and to register at a city near you, visit exomarriage.com tour. Thank you for watching The Overcoming Life with Jimmy Evans. Support The Overcoming Life with your best gift and receive the series Emotionally Healthy Marriage. Experience the EXO Tour at a city near you. Seating is limited, so register today. Visit exomarriage.com tour. Take your church to a new level with Jimmy Evans Pastor School. Access the first session for free right now at pastorschool.com. This program is made possible by the generous support of our faithful partners.